Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Bringing in the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Hoping to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio, on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or you can shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, here we go. We're about to embark on the latest Democrat hoax narrative. I've said for a long time that the Democrat Party has uh, organized itself around disinformation and hoaxes. The The reality of their agenda is unacceptable. So the, the way that they um, try to win elections is by generating hoaxes for gullible, low-information voters to, to lap up. It's climate change, the Russia hoax, the Ukraine impeachment hoax. The peaceful protesters hoax. Ignore your lying eyes with the riots, looting, and arson going on across your country. These are peaceful protests. Don't you dare say otherwise. And, of course, the pandemic. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a virus, but certainly the response to this virus has been ginned up by the Democrats and their media mouthpieces. That's the reason the Democrats can get away with so much disinformation is because they've got the media to repeat their lies. They send out their talking points every morning and the media dutifully falls in line and parrots them. And this latest hoax is uh, that Trump is trying to steal the election by destroying the post office. So he's not going to be able to deliver or the post office is not going to be able to deliver these tens of millions of ballots that Democrat governors are going to blanket their states with. And uh, you're going to hear all about that this week. The Democrats are going to come back into session. They're probably going to try to, you know, uh, kind of step on their, uh, their virtual convention in Milwaukee at the same time. But crazy Nancy is bringing them back into session so that they can uh, start with uh, hearings and this this lie that President Trump's trying to steal the election by not funding the post office. What's going on here, of course, is that the bailout funds that the Democrats want are contained in the stimulus bill, and they're in there with hundreds of billions of dollars that the Democrats want to send to Democrat states and cities across this country that have digging themselves a fiscal hole for decades. And now the Democrats want to use 
the pandemic to try to bail them out. They want the people in red states whose elected officials have have not dug themselves into a hole. They want them to bail out the blue states. So I've got some clips here uh, about this uh, this hysteria that they're trying to whip up. That dastardly Trump is at it again. <laughs> he's he's being accused of sabotaging the November elections because he won't give the the postal unions twenty five billion. Actually, I think it's tw- uh, twenty eight billion dollars. And uh, and they've all adopted this talking point, including, of course, Chris Wallace over at Fox News. So I tried to find clips of Trump actually saying that he wasn't going to fund the post office. I could find nothing of the sort. He was being asked about funding the post office, and he said that he would be glad to negotiate about it. But if the if the Democrats don't aren't willing to negotiate then they're not going to be able to successfully deliver on their steal-by-mail schemes. Here's a clip of him on the phone. Um, I think this was Saturday morning on on Fox News. And uh, this is the clip that the Democrats keep pointing to that it supposedly says that Donald Trump refuses to fund the post office. On $3.5 billion for... The mail-in votes, okay, universal mail-in ballots. Three and a half They want $25 billion, billion, for the post office. Now, they need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. Now, in the meantime, they aren't getting there. By the way, those are just two items. But if they don't get those two items, that means you can't have universal mail-in voting. Now, that was the clip that... The entire mainstream media is hanging their hats on saying that Trump is refusing to fund the post office. He said nothing of the sort. He was talking about the negotiations. And he simply said if if they don't come and negotiate and come to a deal, then uh, the post office won't be able to fulfill their mission. That's not what the Postal Union, who has endorsed Joe Biden, by the way, that shouldn't give you any cause for concern. Just because the Postal Union that will be responsible for delivering and returning all of these tens of millions of ballots are now uh, declaring for Joe Biden. But Trump was simply describing the negotiations. As a matter of fact, he said later in a, um, a press conference at the White House, and, you know, the, the media hates this man so bad. But this, there has been no president in my lifetime, I don't think in history, that has ever given as many press conferences as, as Donald Trump. But here's what he says about whether or not he would be willing to, uh, to include the $28.5 billion bailout of the post office in this latest stimulus package. Would you be willing to accept the $25 billion for the Postal Service, including the $3.5 billion to sure, handle they give us what we want. And it's not what I want, it's what the American people want. So in addition to, and I just, I think, John, as part of your answer, I can read this, but in addition to uh, the executive orders that we signed, which are going to be doing terrific things in terms of uh, payroll tax cut, 
which is a lot of money coming to a lot of people very quickly. I've directed the Secretary of the Treasury to get ready and send direct payments, 3400 for a family of four to all Americans. Democrats are holding this up. I am ready to have uh, the UST and SBA send additional PPP payments to small businesses that have been hurt by the China virus. Democrats are holding this up. So we're talking about those are two things directly involved. And I'm ready to send more money to states and local governments to save jobs of our great police, our firefighters, our first responders and teachers. It's all ready to go. Democrats are holding it up. So they're holding, John, all of that up. So if they were to give you that, yeah, you would they sign would. off on the money for the Postal yeah, Service? but they're not giving it to me. They're giving it to the American people. I mean, So how do you get out of that? Would you be willing to fund the post office? They're not supposed to have to be bailed out. But would you be willing to fund the post office? He says yes. So Nancy Pelosi calls an emergency session of Congress. They're all back home campaigning to come in and pursue, amplify, and further their latest hoax that Trump is refusing to fund the post office. And, of course, this is a a part of the hysteria that they're trying to whip up. They always claim, oh, it's voter suppression. Asking people for an ID is voter suppression. Asking uh, uh, states not to blanket their their uh, their state with tens of millions of mail-in ballots without, you know, cleaning up their voter rolls. Oh, that's voter suppression. Anything that keeps the Democrats from cheating in an election, they call voter suppression. Here's Nancy Pelosi mischaracterizing, just lying about what the president just said and those two clips I played you. But the president has said today or yesterday or when it was reported today that he wasn't putting any money in the Postal Service. Did you hear the president say anything like that? (laughs) It's the Democrats that refused to strip the bill of anything that was non-coronavirus related. And then when they couldn't get their way, went home to allow the American people to suffer uh, the pain of their coronavirus lockdowns without doing anything about it so that they could blame it on Trump. But the president has said today or yesterday or when it was reported today that he wasn't putting any money in the Postal Service. Why? Again, for those of you old enough, I don't even know if you were old enough probably to remember it, Motherhood Apple Pie the Postal Service, and All-American Institute. Have you ever heard Motherhood Apple Pie in the post office? Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. No, that's not right either. Mom, apple pie, and I think it's just mom and apple pie. She added the post office in there. Here she goes on with uh, more of these lies. Demic, you would think they'd have a little sensitivity. But so obsessed are they to undermine absentee voting... Uh, that there's another lie. This is not absentee voting. These are mail out ballots to everybody on the voter rolls without regard to whether they voted recently. I mean, 
40 million um, bad, incorrect registrations across this country. Many of those, probably a majority, contained in Democrat states are going to be sitting in mailboxes or in the lobbies of apartment buildings all over the place for anybody to pick up, fill out, sign, and and, uh, drop in the local mailbox. This is their connection there. So the president says he's not putting up any money for absentee voting, and he's not putting up any money for the Postal Service. Did you hear him say anything of the sort? Of the sort? No. Just lying. So the Democrats are orchestrating a freakout. These new conspiracy theories. This is the the Olinsky tactics, the uh, Cloward Priven strategy. Uh, accuse your opponent of whatever you're actually doing. So they're stealing the 2020 election. They're they're planning on implementing the ballot harvesting schemes that were so successful for them in California. In order to draw the attention away from what they're doing, they accuse you of doing the exact same thing. The truth of the matter is uh, it's yet to be determined whether or not the post office can handle this. They sent letters out to 49 states saying that um, you're going to need to uh, encourage people to return these ballots early because if they all come in late, the results of this election will be delayed by weeks as we try to deliver this blizzard of mail. That's exactly what they plan on doing. And they're going to demand that each and every one of these ballots be counted and that any attention to whether or not they're legitimate ballots be ignored. We have seen already in New Jersey and New York that they couldn't even handle primaries where the turnout is much, much less than a general election. There's a a representative from New York, Maloney. They still haven't determined who won that election because ballots are still arriving. And a judge up there made a ruling that you can't disqualify them just because They don't have a postmark. So you don't know when they were mailed. It's really quite amazing. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So we had two big stories coming out of Washington last week. One was the guilty plea by this Kevin Kleinsmith, a Department of Justice lawyer that falsified documents for 
a FISA warrant against Carter Page and the Trump campaign. He was working for Robert Mueller at the time he did that. So, you know, under the the uh, principle of fruit of a from a uh, poison tree, all of the work that had been done by that office should be reexamined and much of it um, thrown out. But Klein Smith pled guilty to falsifying this document, lying about it. He could have been charged with a lot more crimes, could have been charged with uh, conspiracy and uh, defrauding the United States. But you kind of hope that maybe since they charged him uh, with one felony, he'll lose his uh, law license now, and uh, we'll see if you can get a jury in Washington, D.C. Or Actually, he pled guilty, so it won't go to a jury. Uh, we'll see if we can get a judge to a- actually sentence him to any time in jail. <laughs> I fully expect it'll end up before Amy Berman Jackson's court, and she'll uh, she'll let him walk. But uh, you had that story and the story out of the Middle East where the president negotiated uh, a uh, uh, an agreement for the United Arab Emirates and Israel to recognize each other and exchange embassies. This has been the first headway on a broader Middle East peace plan in over 25 years. Two big stories coming out of Washington. You tune over on Fox News Sunday and not a single word about either one of those stories. Instead, Chris Wallace was busy beating the drum about the the uh, post office uh, hoax. Again, repeating the mainstream media lie that Trump threatened not to to uh, to fund them. All he said was he is willing to fund them if they will come back to the table and negotiate. So let's talk a little bit about this Kevin Klein Smith. Devin Nunes was uh, appearing on one of the uh, Saturday morning Fox shows talking about the significance of this plea. More. Well, we sure hope so. I want to make sure everyone knows that this was one of the main attorneys that was involved in all the different aspects of, of what happened during this Russian hoax. Uh, that was perpetrated on the American people and on the Republican Party and the the president himself and his team. It's important to remember uh, that this is the attorney uh, that I always called the French-speaking attorney. He was the one that said, viva la resistance, when he was asked, is he going to quit? He was also very concerned about whether or not these, uh, that his name was on a lot of these documents. So he clearly knew uh, that he had a problem. He he is just loaded up with consciousness of guilt in these emails. He said, my GD name is all over these documents investigating the Trump campaign. After the election, um, I think that Durham is letting him off extremely easy. There's multiple indictments that could have been brought, probably including conspiracy and including uh, destruction of, of evidence. So my guess is maybe he's going to cooperate, maybe he's not, but uh, this is a good first step. Well, it is a good first step, and we can only hope that it will be uh, followed up on and that uh, Client Smith has turned state's evidence. They asked Nunez, what's next in this investigation? 
Well, if you listen to what Attorney General Barr uh, said the other night on uh, his interview with Mark Levin, I guess it was last Sunday, about a week ago, I thought he brought up, he said something along the lines that there's a lot of conspiracies here that have to be tracked down. And, and that's what people have to remember. This was such, the, the corruption here was so wide and broad based. It stretches not just from the FBI and the Department of Justice, it also stretches back to the Democratic National Committee, the Clinton campaign, many operatives, foreign spies. You know, everybody, you know, everybody talks about the mainstream media continues to talk about Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, they're also implicated in, in this fiasco also. Uh, they were involved. They were receiving the dossier. There's also a very popular left-wing think tank in Washington, D.C. called the Brookings Institute. They're knee-deep in this. But- the Brookings Institute, in fact, provided the so-called subsource that was feeding the disinformation to Christopher Steele. The whole thing was a giant hoax that was perpetrated on the American people to first prevent Donald Trump from getting elected and second to cripple his, his uh, administration once it came to office. I've got one more clip. This is Joe DeGeneva um, speaking plainly on Kleinsmith. James Comey set a standard of misconduct by his own behavior. The people under James Comey knew that he wanted to exonerate Hillary Clinton so she could be president. And they knew that if she lost, he wanted to figure out a way to frame Donald Trump along with a lot of other people in the Bureau. Mr. Kleinsmith, who took an email from the CIA, which said, yes, Carter Page has been an asset of ours and he is reliable. He changed that email to say, Carter Page is not an asset of ours and is not reliable. You cannot get more felonious than what the attorney Kleinsmith do. And and remember, Kleinsmith is a lawyer. He's not an agent. He's a lawyer agent. He has higher duties and responsibilities. But he was able to do that. And he believed that he could do that and would not be held accountable for it because all of his senior officials, from Comey on down, McCabe, Strzok, James Baker, all the people in the supervisory line above him, he knew were part of a scheme to frame the president of... Well, where does it go from here? If John Durham is the uh, pit bull that everybody says he is, I would imagine that it's going right after Andrew Weissman, the guy that really ran the Mueller special counsel's office. And Weissman himself took to Twitter and says, well, uh, why does Michael Flynn get to get away with lying? But uh, Kleinsmith has got to plead guilty. Well, the obvious answer is, I'm not surprised that Weissman can't see the difference. He, he engaged in prosecutorial misconduct. That's been the hallmark of his career. In both of those cases, the Flynn case and the Klein Smith case were examples of prosecutorial misconduct, politically motivated prosecutions. The difference of course, that Weissman pretends not to know is that Michael Flynn was the victim of prosecutorial misconduct. And the Department of Justice had a long paper trail from McCabe and Comey and and all of the rest of them, including Sally Yates, who now claims that uh, this was done without her knowledge, of setting about trying to frame Michael Flynn 
first to get him fired because they didn't want him in there showing the new administration where all of the bodies were buried. And then second, to try to get him to flip and say, compose some sort of misinformation against the president. But no, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all that Andrew Weissman couldn't see the difference in that. And I just hope like hell that John Durham has this investigation leading right to the doorstep of Andrew Weissman, who has been one of the most malevolent prosecutors in the Department of Justice for 20 years now. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at what's been going on in Portland. We'll get ready for the Democrats' virtual convention in, uh, in Milwaukee. And we'll cover all the other news right on, uh, on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So the other big story to come out of Washington last week was the Middle East peace deal that the Trump administration, led by by uh, the, the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, negotiated a peace agreement between the United Arab Emirates and Israel. Now, pers- personally, I wish the United States would get the hell out of uh, negotiating peace agreements in the Middle East. That's been a shell game that the players in that region have uh, perpetrated on the United States for almost 50 years now where the, you know, they start fighting with each other. We step in, try to negotiate peace, pay off both parties to stop killing each other withdrawal. And then a few years later, it all starts up again and uh, we're back on that merry-go-round, but a middle East peace agreement in Washington, DC is a big deal. I think it was, um, about 27 years ago that the uh, that uh, Israel and Jordan recognized each other and and that was given national media attention for days but now when the president this president negotiates a, a peace agreement it doesn't even get covered on the Sunday news shows not even the Sunday news show on Fox News no mention of it at all you remember They gave Barack Obama the Nobel Peace Prize almost as as soon as he took office. He hadn't done anything yet. 
And I think Jimmy Carter uh, got the, I'm sure Jimmy Carter got the Nobel Peace Prize as well for negotiating the agreement between Israel and Egypt to recognize each other and negotiate peace. But this president does it, and it's not even worth a mention on the Sunday news shows because they're too busy propagating the next Democrat hoax, which is the president's trying to cripple the post office. Really quite amazing. So here's uh, here's President Trump from the Oval Office announcing this agreement. Thank you very much. This is very important. This is a big event, and I want to just congratulate all of the people standing behind me because they have done an incredible job. This is something that hasn't been done in more than 25 years. Just a few moments ago, I hosted a very special call with two friends, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed of the United Arab Emirates, where they agreed to finalize a historical peace agreement. Everybody said this would be impossible. And as you know, Mohammed is one of the great leaders of the Middle East. After 49 years, Israel and the United Arab Emirates will fully normalize their diplomatic relations. They will exchange embassies and ambassadors and begin cooperation across the board and on a broad range of areas. So as I said, you know, I prefer that the United States get out of the Middle East, allow them them to sort out their own issues. But this, uh, this is just a stark example of the double standard that this president is held under. And when you look at the success in negotiating this, it really is uh, the art of the deal. The pres- what uh, the UAE and Israel agreed to, that is, if Israel would suspend annexing the West Bank territories, then the UAE would uh, recognize them and move forward and set an example for the other Middle Eastern nations. Well, you know, the president uh, was the one that that uh, did not object when Bibi Netanyahu announced that he was going to be annexing this territory. There was nothing there. There was no uh, leverage for is- Israel to to negotiate with if they had not announced their intention to annex the West Bank. So they were basically able to trade something that was entirely created out of nothing, the intention of annexation in order to start making headway with other um, Arab countries in the Middle East. And this is, uh, this is you know, in stark contrast to the way prior administrations, the Obama administration, the George W. Bush administration, and the Clinton administration have been stuck, not willing to to do anything that might cause any backlash from the Palestinians. This president, after I think four or five successive presidents promised to move the embassy to Jerusalem, he went ahead and did it. Everybody screamed bloody murder that this was going to set off unrest in the Middle East. Nothing happened. 
the president recognized um, Israel's uh, annexation of the Golan Heights, which is absolutely vital to their self-defense. Again, he was told, if you do that, the Middle East is going to be set ablaze. Nothing happened. They said, oh, the president has killed Iran's terrorist general mastermind, Soleimani. The Middle East is going to be set ablaze. Nothing happened. So this president, instead of, you know, being timid and passive, sets the table to, uh, you know, to make progress. And by pulling out of the Iran nuclear agreement, he has uh, sent a strong message to the UAE and Saudi Arabia that the United States is going to be firmly on the side of keeping Iran and its violent intentions from ever getting um, getting a nuclear weapon. And no mention of it on any of the news shows. Unbelievable. But the media was interested in another issue involving President Trump. They demanded that he um, opine, give a, a legal opinion that Kamala Harris is, in fact, eligible to run as vice president. And, you know, the president said, we're not concerned with that. I assume that she is. I, I would have thought the Democrat Party had confirmed that. But. I don't have an opinion on it. And, and so the media is now accusing Donald Trump of spreading birther conspiracies. <laughs> oh my God, their hypocrisy, you know, they're totally obsessed with race. So they had to pick a candidate that, you know, wasn't white, a person of color, 100 black celebrities and other influencers came out and said, you better pick a black woman. And so he picked uh, Kamala Harris, which at most, if you look at her heritage, is 25% black and probably less. She's half uh, Indian, um, East Indian, and probably 25% Caucasian. Comes from a, a family of slave owner, plantation owners in Jamaica or on her father's side. And uh, a legal scholar, it's, um, what was his name? I can't remember his name. But he wrote a, an opinion, and this guy is a constitutional legal scholar. I'll think of his name in a second. Uh, wrote an article saying, uh, questioning whether she was a natural-born citizen. She was, in fact, but born in Oakland, California. Um, he's arguing that she is subject to a foreign jurisdiction and that the 14th amendment um, does not consider her a natural born citizen. You know, to say never brought this up uh, when uh, Romney, when the uh, leftists were questioning whether Romney was eligible to be president or, or John McCain for that matter both born to American citizens overseas, Romney in Mexico, McCain in Panama. Joy Behar over at The View was one of the big people claiming that that um, John McCain it was ineligible because he was born in the uh, Panama Canal Zone. 
which I think at that time was a, a territory or a property of the United States, which uh, would have given him um, eligibility. But they're trying to dig up, you know, the the birther conspiracy that they say is illegitimate. I think it is, too. I think uh, Barack Obama was most certainly born in Hawaii. The difference is he was not born to the Kenyan whose name he shares. He was, in fact, born to Frank Marshall Davis, a communist organizer who had set up shop in Hawaii. There's very little doubt about that. That's one of the illusions that uh, that they're they have turned into conventional wisdom. But while we're on the topic of Kamala Harris, you know, um, shortly after her announcement uh, or Biden's announcement that she was going to be on the ticket, I, uh, I examined this, this notion that she was an African American. She most certainly is not. And I took a lot of heat on social media and through emails uh, about, you know, race baiting and, and, uh, and playing, you know, racial games myself. I was just playing the game that the Democrats had set up, but I'm certainly not the first one that has noticed that, uh, Kamala, Kamala, Kamala is not by any stretch of the imagination, an African American, um, over on CNN, the, the genius Don Lamont got into a pretty heated argument with April Ryan, who pretends to be a journalist, over whether or not it was appropriate for Kamala Harris to be telling us she was an African-American. Number one, she is a black woman. She's a mixed race woman. When you see her, you see her blackness, but she is also. Remember when blacks used to argue against this one drop uh, principle from the old Jim Crow South? Now they're arguing for it. If you have one drop of black blood, then you are black or African-American even. She is a black woman. She's a mixed race woman. When you see her, you see her blackness. But she is also South Asian. Her mom is South Asian and her dad is Jamaican. April, 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 let me me, listen. More power to her. And I think it's great. That is that should be enough. Listen, it is enough that she's a black woman. We are not a monolith. No, 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 I think you, I think you're not, you're not hearing what people are saying. The people who are saying is she black enough, that's bull, that's BS. But to, to, to want a distinction to say, is she African American or is she black or is she whatever that what's, there is nothing wrong with that. There is a difference between being African American and being black. Um, people, people, Latino people are people of color, but they're not black. They're- <laughs> there, there's the genius Don Lamont saying that if you're Latino, you're not black. Well, there, a lot of Latinos are black saying you're Latino just means that you're from a Latin American country saying you're Hispanic just means you speak Spanish. A large percentage of Hispanics and Latinos are in fact black. He's he's a genius. Latino people are people of color, but they're not black. They're brown people. She is a okay? woman of color, but she is a black woman. Okay, that's she, why I agree with that. I agree with that. But now, is she African American? No, 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 no. But is she African American? There is a difference. There's nothing wrong with that. No one is trying so to take anything let's away let's from her. Let's go down into her lineage. Let's I think you're falling. I think you're falling into a trap of that. All she had to do was say, "I am black, but I'm not African American." That's it. 
Don, I'm destroy. I'm I not think falling actually... in a trap. I'm not falling. <laughs> a couple of white guests try to break in. That's not going to happen. Let me, wait, let, me, wait, let me finish. Hold on. I'm not falling into a trap by that. When, when, when she goes down her lineage, many Africans landed on, in Jamaica. In- that, may, that makes them African Jamaican, April all these other caribbean islands so she could indeed make us not america American, mixed with other races but she is make us not america but she is a black woman she was born here let's talk about ted cruz oh my god not only is she not an african-american she is descended from slaveholders one of the largest sugar plantations in jamaica her father is descended from from slaveholders Oh, the hypocrisy is sometimes so uh, thick that you can't wrap your mind around it. We're going to run out to another break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. So I've been digging into this issue of TikTok. TikTok is a um, an app owned by a company called BitDance, ByteDance, um, that is very popular with the millennials and the younger generation. It uh, it's sort of like um, that old app uh, that would take short videos and then kids would post them. I can't remember what uh, uh, I can't remember what the, that that application was called, but TikTok does 15 second videos. And that's about the the maximum length of a millennials attention span. And so it's become very popular. And I was wondering why is the president so determined to either make TikTok sell itself to an American company, or he was going to ban it. And it turns out TikTok is not just your run of the mill social media platform tiktok is How in fact is TikTok. excuse me tiktok is in fact a uh, an artificial intelligence application that is controlled by the chinese communist government yeah the the company is said to be an ind- or a, uh, a yeah an independent business but there really is no such thing as an independent business when it comes to communist china TikTok has constantly having the uh, the communist dictatorship in China looking over its shoulders and making sure that they uh, they conform to TikTok or they conform to the Chinese communist government's standards. As a matter of fact, uh, recently uh, an American user found that uh, a video of her and her brother jumping into a pool was deleted and her account was closed because the brother wasn't wearing a shirt at the time that he was swimming. Now, nobody at TikTok 
was going through these videos looking for shirtless men. This was discovered by artificial intelligence that is built into the TikTok application. And the parent company of TikTok, ByteDance, was instrumental in implementing the social credit score that the Chinese communist government is using to suppress any dissent in their country. So basically what the objections are to TikTok being allowed to become so popular with American teens is because it will it is an entree for China to gather mass amounts of data on American users, catalog it using its artificial intelligence features, and then possibly use it to implement its own social credit score right here in the United States. I think those are legitimate causes of concern. I was listening to one of my favorite media uh, shows, uh, uh, I'm sorry, technology shows, um, This Week in Tech with Leo Laporte. And his uh, his guests on the show were all dismissing this as just, you know, more orange man bad, that it was overreaction. And then he had one guest on there that was, in fact, had looked into this issue and said, oh, no, you do not understand TikTok if you think that this is just another social media platform. This is uh, a rollout of a whole new type of social media platform that would put Facebook and and Zuckerberg to shame because they have, they have figured out how to digitize and catalog all of these images based on the artificial intelligence features that are built in. So I'm going to keep digging into this and, and figuring out other ways that the Chinese communist party may have compromised many of our own, um, big data operations, the Chinese communist government and their, uh, their, front companies have bought big stakes in a a lot of American companies. And I'm glad that somebody in Washington, DC is no longer asleep at the wheel and is pushing back on TikTok. While we're on the topic of tech surveillance and, and mass data, big data collection, uh, the president, when he was appearing at his club and best, best, Bethminster, New Jersey, mentioned that uh, he is considering pardoning um, Edward Snowden. Do you want to give Edward Snowden a pardon and bring him back? You, you once suggested that well, he Well, I'm going to look at it. I, I mean, I'm not that aware of the Snowden situation, but I'm going to start looking at it. There are many, many people. It seems to be a split decision. There are many people think that uh, he should be somehow treated differently, and other people think he did very bad things and i'm going to take a very good look at it okay i mean i i've i've seen people that are very conservative and very liberal and they agree on the same issue they agree both ways uh i'm going to take a look at that very strongly edward snowden yeah well he should take a look at it very strongly because the truth of the matter is if ever there was a whistleblower that was deserving of protection it was edward snowden the national uh security uh agency the nsa were engaging and still are engaging in unconstitutional surveillance 
of American citizens. Snowden, when he blew the whistle on that, was doing his patriotic duty. They'll argue that he was hurt, hurting America's uh, surveillance um, intelligence agencies. But to the extent that those agencies were spying on American citizens, this, this information needed to be made public. And I would imagine that Donald Trump, with his history of illicit surveillance by the deep state in Washington, D.C., will find himself quite sympathetic to Snowden blowing the whistle. You know, all of the, the leftist media talking heads that were all in support of Barack Obama issuing a, uh, a clemency to um, Bradley Manning. What, what is his, uh, his trans name? Um, can't remember his trans name, but uh, Bradley Manning, responsible for one of the biggest intelligence leaks in the history of this country while he was a, a serving member of the United States Army, was pardoned after serving just six years of a 35-year sentence in more, more normal times. Chelsea Manning would have been put to death. I guess Bradley Manning wasn't Chelsea Manning at the time. Uh, he later... Uh, put on a wig and started claiming to be a, a woman uh, after he was sentenced to jail. But he was uh, sentenced to 35 years, and then Obama gave him clemency, released him from jail after serving only six. These are the same people that demand that Michael Flynn go to jail for pleading guilty in order to keep Andrew Weissman and Robert Mueller from prosecuting his son and ruining his life too. Another bit of news came out of uh, Bedminster, New Jersey over the weekend. And that is the police benevolent association of New York city, the New York city police department's union for its rank and file members came to the club at Bedminster and their president uh, Lynch endorsed Donald Trump's reelection. I have 36 years in this job, 21 as the president of this fine organization. I cannot remember when we've ever endorsed for the office of president of the United States until now. That's how important this is. Mr. President, Mr. President, we're fighting for our lives out there. We don't want this to spread to the rest of the country. We need your strong voice across the country to say we have the support of law enforcement across this country. Now, many times people say that a union like ours, law enforcement groups, give endorsements. Not in the New York City PBA, sir. In the New York City PBA, Mr. President, you earned the endorsement and you've earned this endorsement. I'm proud to give it. Well, I'm proud he gave it too, and uh, that we're expected to uh, follow up with other law enforcement organizations as the Democrat Party has uh, gone all in on their move to defund the police. President Trump is going to enter into this election as the law and order candidate. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Democrats in their virtual convention this week are going to try to uh, mitigate their 
wholehearted support for this defund the police movement. So on that topic, going out to Portland, Oregon, the New York Times over the weekend ran a, a, a long-winded article about how suddenly far-right activists have joined the protest fray. And, uh, and they go on to you know speak in passive voice whenever they describe any of the rioting and, and looting that has gone on with Antifa and Black Lives Matter and then quickly move to condemning the uh, the Proud Boys and the other uh, right-wing activists that have taken to the streets in opposition to Antifa. This has been going on a long time. Basically, what the New York Times was doing in their article is uh, is laying out a case for Ted Wheeler, the Antifa mayor of Portland and the, uh, the new Soros-funded district attorney out in Monmouth County, to arrest the right-wing activists. That got stepped on pretty quickly, though, because last night, video emerged out of Portland of Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioters dragging a man and a woman from a pickup truck who had had, had the nerve to try to uh, avoid them. He wrecked his, his truck because they jumped in front of his truck and instead of running them over, he ran into a tree, at which point the Black Lives Matter protesters drug him out of the, the truck and beat the stew out of him right there in the street while he was sitting on the street trying to gather his wits. A fella that is alleged to be uh, Kierce Love runs up behind him and soccer kicks him right in the head, rendering him instantly unconscious. So I think probably BLM stepped on their own uh, their own message coming right out of the newsroom at the New York Times trying to contextualize and justify their violence. It's going to be an interesting week and we'll report it all to you from Milwaukee and uh, and all of the rest of the news. That takes us to the end of today's show, and I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. If you have thyroid eye disease and you can't get any shut eye because you can't shut your eyes, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com.